You're gonna need a bigger boat. A day! What a lovely day! I'm having an old friend for dinner. You are a toy! She wouldn't even have a fly. You can't handle the truth! I'll be back. English motherfucker, do you speak it? Just keep swimming, just keep swimming, just keep swimming, swimming, swimming. And welcome to episode four of Cinematic Blind Spot with your host, I'm Adam, and I'm Josh, and today we're here to talk about a movie from 1988. This is Bloodsport. Yes, Bloodsport. So I know for you, like Jean-Claude Van Damme in general is the blind spot, correct? Well, yeah, martial arts movies are never my go-to thing, except for like The Matrix and The Raid. Even though, like, like the second Raid movie, I liked a lot better than the first one because it was a great, a bigger blend of action. It's not kinda, just kind of like The Departed. Yeah, kind of like The Departed. It's <laughs> not just a an, an action movie, or not, not just a martial arts movie. Um, I'm not usually I'm not usually a go to guy for for martial arts action flicks, except unless it's like Jackie Chan action comedy kind of stuff. I really like movies like that when I was a See, kid. As a kid growing up. I watched a lot of USA. Mm-hmm. Like back in the day, they had USA up all night, and that's where like I got my first glimpse of Jason Voorhees, Ooh. Freddy Krueger, but also, and I can't Monumental. remember. I can't remember what night of the week it was, but they would show action movies like mm-hmm. either one or two, mm-hmm. and their promo because they would show it a lot would be movies that rock, <laughs> movies that roll, movies that take their toll, <laughs> and you had a lot of Bloodsport, Kickboxer. Which were the two I watched the most. Mm-hmm. Roadhouse was on there a lot. Mm-hmm. I didn't see that until much later, though. Okay. For some reason, that movie never interested me. Okay. But yeah, R- Roadhouse never interested me either. It didn't really it hit me as like a martial arts movie, or I guess it's just a movie about a guy who's a badass bouncer. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And Sam Elliott's a and badass in that movie, actually. Sam so. Elliott's a badass in anything. That's true. Sam Elliott was a badass in The Good Dinosaur. Yeah. I'm serious. It's yeah. a, that that <clears throat> voice, you just hear that and you're like, okay, don't hurt me. Please don't. You're right. If Sam Elliott walked through that door right now, I'd be like, oh shit, it's a badass. <laughs> Can you get me a Dodge truck, Sam Elliott? <laughs> Does he still do commercials for Dodge? I don't know. So yes, this movie obviously stars Jean-Claude Van Damme, mm-hmm. which I think my first time seeing him was Kickboxer, which actually came out the year after this. Mm-hmm. So I think that holds as my favorite. Okay. It's funny to me because he always plays these American characters. With a with terrible the, French with, accent? With the, I mean... <laughs> Like, at least in some of them, they explain that he grew up in Belgium. They, yeah, they but did. But I went to see the Street Fighter movie when it came out, and mm-hmm. he played Guile, who is the ultimate American character yeah. oh. with his thick accent. There's no explaining <laughs> that away. He is the ultimate American military character in that game. And they got Jean-Claude Van Damme to play him because he was a big name at the time. That's, that is hilarious. That, yeah. I, I just cannot imagine him because, like, I think of Guile and I think of that blonde hair, freaking mohawk thing he's yeah. got. Like that does not that does not look like Jean Claude Van Damme I at don't, all. I don't remember them giving him that hairstyle in that movie. I don't he think wore, they did. I never he wore saw his it, hat the yeah. whole time. Yeah, he wore his hat the whole time. <clears throat> now, was this Jean Claude Van Damme's first movie or just his first big movie, his first big success? No, there's another one, and I can't. I think it's called No Retreat. Mm-hmm. That was probably like. A little bit big, but yeah, this was definitely his first big movie. Okay, because I always grew up knowing the name Jean Claude Van Damme. It's like him and you know Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sylvester Stallone. Those names are just synonymous with action movies. What about but Steven Seagal? Steven Seagal, not so much Steven Seagal. 
I think you know. I, I I knew I knew those other three guys before I knew who Steven Seagal was. Long before. I think I knew Steven Seagal first, just really? because I remember seeing Under Siege okay. at a young age. Okay, yeah, that I think would make my sense. dad was watching it or something. Okay, and I always just remember the girl popping out of the cake topless. So every time it was on, I wanted to catch that scene. <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> high quality entertainment. Good for your kids. <laughs> so this movie. Blood sport. I almost said kickboxer, which may, every time I hear kickboxer, it makes me think of a kick, kick puncher. What was that? What was kick puncher? There was some TV show I watched where kick puncher was like a, a parody of, of a kickboxer. Or, <laughs> I, I can't remember if it was that. a TV show or a movie. If anybody if anybody hears this and they know what I'm talking about, please leave us a, a comment of some kind, letting me know what. It is. But I, I know kick puncher from. I'm gonna have to Google it. What was kick puncher? Anyways, so this movie. Came out in 1988. It is billed as an action biography. We'll talk about that later. Yes. Drama. Drama, really? Sport. Sport movie. Yes. Yes. Sure. Uh, it also stars Donald Gibb as Ray Jackson. My favorite character in the movie. <laughs> the uh, the only other thing I knew him from was Revenge of the Nerds because he played Ogre. Oh, I've never so, seen Revenge never of seen the Nerds. No, so. I've, I, like, I, I looked him up. The only the only other character, the only other person in this movie, the name that I recognized in the credits was Forrest Whitaker. I saw <laughs> Forrest Whitaker. I'm like, Forrest Whitaker's in this movie? Really? So. Oh, you also have Leah Ayers, who played Janice, the, mm-hmm, the, the, reporter. the reporter. I don't know her from anything. I don't know her from anything and either. And then, as the main villain, Chong Lee. Bolo Young Ying. Young, I think is how you pronounce his name. Like I had seen, well, no, at the time I saw this, I had not. I know now he's in Enter the Dragon. I didn't see that until much later. Right. And I also looked up, he's apparently in a movie called Bolo. Yes, he is in a movie called Bolo. I don't know if it's supposed to be a movie about him or or what. There was another character, uh, Norman Burton. He he played one of the... Uh, one of the agents, the other agent the agents opposite looking Forrest for Whitaker, yes. And he was in... Yeah, I had that later. He was in Diamonds Are Forever, which is one of yep. my favorite of the old Bond flicks. i trying to remember if he was which, in another one of them or not. I think looking that up, well, Diamonds Are Forever, that's got Blofeld in it? Yep. Because I was looking that up, and I was just to see what he's been in, and I saw that Charles Gray played Blofeld, in which I know from Rocky, Rocky Horror, Horror Picture yep. Show. Rocky Horror Picture Show. So when I saw that, I was like, well, maybe here's a Bond movie I actually want to see, because I had no idea. Yeah, he's the bad guy. See, when I first saw Rocky Horror, I had known I had known um, uh, Diamonds Are Forever for a long time, so I'm like, that guy looks really familiar. It's just a jump to the left. <laughs> okay, we're getting off topic yes. here. Back so, to Bloodsport. So this is, this is great. Normal what 80s do. They always... Full of montages. Full of... Oh my gosh, yes. So so we start off, we're getting the city of Hong Kong. They're building this arena, which Mm -hmm. I watch a lot of fighting movies, and I I love this arena. Mm -hmm. I love the the platform they're fighting on. Mm -hmm. They're putting all the sand around it. Mm -hmm. And then we get the great montage of the different fighters yes, coming in. Yes, all these different fighters. Now, now wait, we, we skipped a bit. Um, this movie was directed by Newt Arnold, oh, right. which hasn't really directed much notable, but he was like the assistant or second unit director for a lot of movies like Blade Runner, 16 Candles, Ladybugs, Last Lady Action Hero. I knew you'd like Ladybugs. Um, Last Action Hero and Godfather Part Two. A lot of big movies that this guy's at least worked on. 
It was written by Sheldon Lettich, Lettich? L-E-T-T-I-C-H. I'm sorry, I don't know how to pronounce that. Who worked a lot with Van Damme. This guy wrote Rambo 3. He wrote Lionheart, Double Impact, Legionnaire, The Hardcore. And he also, I think he wrote or directed Max, the, the movie about the dog. Right, came out a okay. few years ago, Max and Max 2. Now, this movie is, like it says on IMDb, a biography. Quote, you can't see the air quotes I'm putting, I'm putting up. Based on a true story that isn't really true. Yeah, I was going to get into that at the end because okay, I, well, I wrote okay, down well, we the can, facts. We can come back to that. That yeah. it shows. Right. Um, so, yes, back to the beginning of the movie. Opens with a great training montage of all these fighters from all over the world. So you, you coming into this fresh and you see the first fighter they show is Chong Lee. Mm-hmm. Do you know right away he's going to be the main villain because they show him first and he's so big? I think so. He does have a very threatening air about him. He doesn't look like, like, like certain characters you can look at and be like, like that's the bad guy. There's and, no way he's not a bad guy. And like, he's breaking these giant blocks of ice yeah. hanging from a tree. Hanging from, yeah, hanging like from it's outside. It looks warm. He's mm-hmm. not wearing a shirt training. Nobody wears a shirt in this movie. <laughs> Uh, and then we get this great little point, this great line during the montage where we see Ray and he's, you know, he's just this big, this guy looks like David Harbour and Mick Foley had a kid. That's, that's, (laughs) that's what I thought of when I saw Ray for the first time. So he's, he's like just pounding away on this, on this punching bag and just going on and on. And people are like, are you sure you want to fight in this thing? He's like, oh yeah. And he says, I need a few more scars on my face. Like, wow, that's... But before we got to Ray, we got some of the other fighters. Uh You got this dude climbing the tree like a monkey, Mm -hmm. and he just breaks a coconut open. Breaks a bunch of coconuts open. Mm -hmm. Then you got two guys just randomly fighting. They're not in a ring or anything. It looks Mm -hmm. like they're kind of sparring, but Mm -hmm. they're really hitting each other. Then you get these other two guys. They're fighting outside, surrounded by all these tiki torches. Right. And then you go into the Ray Jackson punching bag scene. Mm Mm-hmm. That's when you find out they're in Hong Kong and that they're all training for this tournament called the Kumite. Kumite, yes. I did notice one name in the in the credits. It said music by Paul Herzog. I wonder if he's related to Werner Herzog. I have no idea. That would be that would be great if they were. So before we even really meet Frank, we know the the character that Jean-Claude Van Damme plays, Frank Dukes. Which is spelled, it looks like it should be Ducks, but it's spelled, it's pronounced Dukes, D-U-X. So he is doing something. Is, is he in the shower in the beginning of the movie or is he doing, is he doing some training of some kind? When, yeah. I, I think he, he's just in the shower. No, right? he's doing some training. Mm-hmm. He tells him he's, he's ready to go to the Kumite. They tell him he can't go. So he's like, I'm going to go take a shower first. Right. And then they go to find him and that's when they realize he's left. Yeah, he ditches... His commanding officer for reasons unknown. Has he already mentioned Kumite at this point? Yes, he said he tells them he wants to do okay, the Kumite, okay. and they tell that officer tells him no, they don't want you to do it. Okay. So the commanding officer has the worst ADR I think I've ever heard. Do you know what ADR is? Audio dialogue replacement. I know this because I'm a voice actor, <laughs> a voice acting nerd. That's when someone like the person on the screen is saying the lines. But then they use someone else's voice, someone watching this watching the scene play out, and they make their voice match what the person online is. Like 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 Darth Vader. You know, Darth Vader, the guy in the suit was actually saying the lines, but then 
James Earl Jones was the one who was behind the microphone saying the lines. That's that's ADR, audio okay. dialogue replacement. And so I, is it always someone different, or do you sometimes go back with the same actor or actors? Because don't they have to when they go re-record lines? They're doing ADR. Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> sometimes they yeah, they have to go back with the same actor or actress. But um, I just know I just couldn't help but notice this this commanding officer is I want him back here now. You go find him. I'm like that is not your voice. Like 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 the the amount of expression that is on this guy's face does not match his tone of voice. And then uh, we see Frank going to this house. We don't know who it is yet. He walks in and sees. A, or he talks to this lady and says, is he, is, he, is he home or how's he feeling or something? And she's like, oh, yeah, come on. And this Japanese lady right. answers the door. Then we get this long, long... Well, first thing, he, see, he sees look, the katana sword. He sees this katana. And that this sparks, sword, yes, this the longest, longest memory. flashback I think I've ever seen in a movie. <laughs> except for maybe American Sniper. And, and what's <laughs> funny is, watching this movie, I'm like, man, I do not remember how long this scene was. I don't... Re- I didn't remember... The montage fighting at the beginning. Mm-hmm. My memory picks up. I'll tell you where my memory picks up at, where it starts later. Mm-hmm. But yeah, let's go through this memory real quick. So we get a scene of kids, quote unquote kids. Like three like teenage three kids. Three teenage boys breaking breaking into this house for no random, for no reason. They they see this sword. Like, do you think they knew the sword was there and decided know. to break in? Or they know. broke in they just or just like... Broke in and found the sword. Found yeah. the sword. And uh, again, terrible ADR because these kids are supposed to be kids and the voices are like, they sound like adults pretending to be kids. They're like, hey man, look at this sword. Let's take this sword. <laughs> yeah. hey, hey Frank, what are you doing, man? Takes and like, but they don't steal anything. Nope. They just, they That's just... why I didn't know if they went specifically for that sword. Or if the, I wasn't sure. So, but it doesn't last long. That's why yeah, we two, don't find the out. The two other guys, they bolt. Yeah, they hear the people. They coming. hear people coming. They bolt, and for some reason, Frank slowly p- picks up the sword. He's enamored like, by the he, sword. Yeah, he's he's just enamored by this sword. He he thinks it's amazing. And then this guy pops up behind him, takes the sword from him, and just whoosh, cuts off the bill of his baseball cap. Like holy shit, you could you could have killed this guy. Um, well, before his son comes up and kicks him in the stomach. Oh, right, right. Yeah, before his, his son, his little Japanese kid, comes up and kicks him in the stomach. Then we get more training scenes. Oh, before more, that. Before that. This maybe? kid who's playing young Frank mm-hmm. has the worst French, air mm-hmm. quote, accent mm-hmm. I've ever heard. I think they just found a kid like, can you do an accent other than American? Okay, that'll work. Because <laughs> I was <laughs> like, what is this he's saying? Yeah. Yeah, this you almost terrible. need subtitles for this kid. But yeah, and and the uh, the guy who owns the sword, the dad, mm-hmm. he tells him that you can't just take a sword like this. You must earn. You the have sword. to earn the sword, right? And Frank is just like, "Teach me. I want to learn. Teach me. I want to learn how to fight." So, um, and then get, you, you get a, a scene of the young boy actually mm-hmm. getting bullied. Yeah, the the at, young son, um, and 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 I think even before that, like the. Um, 
Frank was basically being used for a punching bag for this kid. Like, like just he wasn't to train really, on. Yeah, yes. just to train on. And he's like, I want to learn. I actually want to learn how to fight. And he's like, and the guy actually tells him, the dad actually tells him, like, you are not Japanese. You cannot learn this way or something right. like that. Yes. Like, that's very racist. Very. But, and then you get the bully scene. <laughs> and then you get the bully and scene. And Frank helps him Frank with the Frank protects the kid, and now they are friends. Then it just cuts to several years later. We don't know how long, but the son has died. The sensei's son has died for some reason. Not sure why. And the sen- and and sensei, what was his name? Tanaka, I think. Was Tanaka. His? Tanaka. Yes. Tanaka's just like, now oh, I'm Shidoshi done. Shidoshi Tanaka. Should, yeah, Shidoshi Tanaka's like we're, we're like I'm done. I have no son. I have no lineage. I cannot cannot keep training. Cannot keep teaching. He's, he he mentions that he's lost two families. He said he, his first family lived in Hiroshima, and they died. Obviously, and he decided that fighting was wrong, that war was wrong, and now that he has, now that his son has died, he had no one to pass on the fighting style, and and Frank's just like, train me, I can do it. And so he we, says, no, you are not Japanese, and you are not a Tanaka. Right, right, and um, so then we get another training, training montage. montage. And my favorite part of this training montage was where he's serving the tea blindfolded. <laughs> Yes, that's great fighting, training, and learning, you know, <laughs> learning the layout of the house so you can walk around it blindfolded and... Foreshadowing. Foreshadowing, yes, foreshadowing. Also, it... he, before that, he, grabbed, he learned to grab the fish very quickly out of the pond. Right, right. Which also leads to something. Mm-hmm, also leads to something. Um, then you get some more training, this some time more with training, a stick. This time with a stick, he's just like hitting him while he's trying to meditate or something, while yes. he's doing his, 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 like, forms or whatever. And then you get something... That as a Jean-Claude Van Damme fan, I know all too well. He loves splits. Oh, yes, he does. So this one, he's being stretched. Stretched. And I put must love splits. Mm-hmm. And I know he does. Between two trees. Because they they almost do this exact scene in Kickboxers. You, you're you going to find out okay, that later on. We'll find out. Um, yeah, this is uh, some pretty sadistic teaching methods here. But as he does this, he starts to raise up from this split. Mm-hmm. And he breaks the tree breaks over. Breaks the tree over. So now, oh, now he's ready... And now he has earned his own katana. And, and this, this and whole, I wrote here, I was like, this is at least a 10 to 15 minutes. At minute. least 10 to 15 minutes. I was about to say that exact same thing. Finally, back to the present. And Sensei <laughs> is now a quote-unquote old man. Although he does not look like he's aged a day. He still, he still doesn't, he doesn't like have gray hair. But he can't really, get out of bed now, so he's older. Bed, so he's older, <laughs> yes. And, uh. And he and Frank tells him he's going to Hong Kong to fight in the Kumite. Yes, to honor him. To honor, honor him. him, the Tanakas. Yes. Which... Then we get a scene. It's on the bus going towards the. I love this scene. You this... love this scene. Oh, I I love. At first, I was like, okay, this guy's gonna be a complete asshole. But then, then I was gonna say, yeah, go ahead. He's like this... on a big double decker bus in Hong Kong. This big ass American douchebag stereotype gets on, and he's drinking a beer, and he sits down behind this little Chinese. And you realize this the guy that you realize punch bag, yeah, the guy from the punching bag, and who who was looking for more scars, and and he's just like, hey baby, you ever been with a you been been with a big American guy? Whatever. It's like, oh great, this guy's gonna be an asshole. <laughs> and then we get our first glimpse into Janice, the, Janice, the reporter, yes, the 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 eye candy for this movie. Yeah, she's talking to two people in this little bar or whatever. It's talking about the Kumite, and they mm-hmm. just act like they have no idea what she's talking about. Right. So you're learning that even though she knows this Kumite is supposed to be a secret, mm-hmm. nobody wants to talk about it openly. Which I, I have I have some points to make on this later. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so here in this hotel lobby, this big hotel lobby, big American douchebag is playing a, a 
a karate arcade game. game. This looks like an Atari game almost. Actually, no, this this would be better than Atari. And challenges Van Damme to an arcade, to, to, a, to a fight on this game. And he says something about, he says, oh, you like to fight for real? No, no, what was it? He said, somewhere along the way, Van Damme says something about, aren't you a little old to play video games? And I got a little offended at that. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's funny because they make it seem like if they're good at this karate game, mm-hmm. they're going to be good in real they're life. They're going to be good in real life, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you're good at the game, you can do it for real. So then we then we learn that the big American guy is Ray Jackson. And I think he is probably the most realistic character in this movie, in my opinion. Just his 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 mannerisms and his... He, he really fits the part. This guy, he, he played it very well. He did, but he... he he, I don't know. He seems like he has no real martial art ability. No, he's just like, a big guy who likes to punch things. He's, <laughs> he's not like he's not like agile or anything. No. He just throws big haymakers and just knocks people. Yeah, he out. just clubs people. Yeah, just clubs I, people. I got that pretty much, yeah. <laughs> so then we are introduced to the not really antagonists, but they're kind of a roadblock for Frank. And those are the, I guess, the military police who are looking for him. Yeah, because not, they he has keep gone, calling them agents. Yeah, agents. Agents of what? We don't even know what branch of the military Frank was in. He was, we just, we think he was in San Francisco originally, wasn't he? Yeah, uh think you might be right i'm not sure yeah. now this was one movie where they did try to explain his accent i think they said he was they were they're talking to his parents and they say they they immigrated from belgium or something i think so yeah so yeah they try to explain the accent and one of these guys is forrest whitaker and forrest whitaker is so much it's so weird seeing him so young i'm trying to remember what the first movie i saw him in was and i can't remember <clears throat> I don't know what I first saw him in either, but I can tell you he's younger in Fast Times or Is My High. Well, we got to watch that one then. But yeah, they're they're at Mrs. Tanaka's house. Mm-hmm. They're uh, they're looking for Frank. They're asking her if she's seen him or anything. And of course, you know, oh no, we haven't seen mm-hmm. him. We yeah. don't know where he is. I'm not I'm not even sure how they find out he's in Hong Kong. But uh, so yeah, they know the Kumite. Yeah, they they, they, they they know the Kumite. This big secret is not so secret. Yeah, <laughs> so um, we get we get this interesting scene where Frank and Ray are being shown around Hong Kong and are suddenly being taken down these really creepy ass alleys by Mr. Just, Nin. By Mr. Nin. In fact, it, he actually calls him Frank Ducks. Oh, he does. Yes, he okay. says Frank Ducks, uh-huh. and he goes, "No, Dukes." Okay, yeah, and then uh, suddenly these creepy ass alleys that just go on forever it's just like and there's just like you know crazy like creepy sounds of you know babies crying and not really even many people around just really dark and like lots of hanging wires for some reason and uh, then all of a sudden boom there's this big ornate door that looks like it belongs on some kind of a temple that leads into this fighting arena i'm like how do you get invited to something like this uh, yeah, it's like you said, you know, it's 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 a big quote unquote secret thing, and not really that secret because it seems like everybody knows. It's about funny it. they've been invited, but when they get there, they still have they to still show have that to prove their, themselves. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, because um, he has to prove that he has been trained by Tanaka by breaking a brick, and not just any brick. They've got a stack of bricks, and he but, has to break the bottom one. But specifically, it's called the the bin mock. The bin mock, okay. which is the death touch. Oh, yeah, the death. So touch. you That's you right. cut to this stack of bricks. There's like three rows, five bricks high each, mm-hmm. and he's like, break a brick, and someone says the top brick, and he's like, no, the bottom, the bottom brick. brick. Yeah. So yeah, he's supposedly using this technique that only Tanaka could have taught him to prove that he was trained by him. And sure enough, he hits this first brick, and the one on the very bottom just explodes. 
And I'm pretty sure defies all physics. Yeah, so everybody, of course, is standing around watching. All the other fighters are watching this. Mm-hmm. And this is where we get one of, if I counted them right, four lines Chong Lee delivers during this whole movie. Right. Brick, Brick not, not hit back. <laughs> Again, I'm pretty sure his voice was ADR. I don't think he was. that was his actual voice. So many cultural stereotypes in this movie. I don't know if this movie could get made today. Oh, no. This is definitely a product of the 80s. Yeah, because, like, you know, you've got the black guy from apparently Africa or something who's wearing, like, a a loincloth and is climbing around like a A monkey. monkey. Yep. And, you know, just... Yeah, it wouldn't work. Would not work today. You're watching that now. It it does not age well, actually. No. And and then another... Okay, cuts back to the hotel bar. Janice is still trying to get information. And this Middle Eastern guy is harassing her, who is totally not Middle Eastern. And whose name is literally Hossein. Yeah, Hossein. Yeah, this was was definitely 1988. Um, And then... Frank does kind of a douchey move. He, what does he do? He 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 says, he he gives the guy a coin to hold. But out before his that, hand. I mean, the, the guy was about to hit her. Yeah, he was so about he, to hit her. He right. grabbed his arm mm-hmm. and stopped that. So he's like, "Okay, I'll make you a deal." He he puts this coin in his hand and says, "If you can close your hand before I take that coin out of it, you can keep her." And take and she, her, yeah. And take her, he, and she, she threatens to take her upstairs anyway, even yeah. after Frank stopped him. Yeah, and she's like, "What the hell, man?" <laughs> uh, and then, of course, like you said, the training of catching the fish earlier um, yeah. comes back into play. And not only does he take the coin out of the dude's hand, he, he puts another it, yep. one in there. You know, total. Like the total, guy thinks he's won. He's like, ha! Ah, and he points to his hand. The guy opens his hand. And it's, it's a, a different completely coin. different coin. Yeah. So, um... Then Frank hangs out with this reporter. Yes, hangs out with this reporter. And, um, we, we know that this is the, I guess, love interest for this movie. Um... You no, know, like my, my note here was, it keeps being talking about how this Kumite is top secret, yet they're talking about it out in the open, talking wherever about they're it out in the open. And th- that was my next point, was the next scene is the first day of Kumite, which is a three-day, uh... Well, first, Jan- Janice goes and sleeps with Frank. Well, that, I, didn't, I thought that didn't happen until later. Okay, well, you knew that was going to happen anyways. Yeah, because then we get another shot of Frank doing splits. Doing splits. Oh, yes. Across the two yes, chairs. Yes, across the two chairs. And, and Ray comes in and has this great line where he's like, my balls hurt just looking at you. Like, I, I, I feel and then the we same. go back to the Kumite. And then we day go back one. to Kumite. We find out, and this is where we find out that this thing only takes place every five years. Oh, it was only every five years? That's I missed that point. And then, of course, you get close-ups of Frank, Ray Jackson... And Chong Lee. Mm-hmm. So you know these are going to be your three main guys. Because right. these are the ones they show close-ups on. Right. Then mm-hmm. you get some background on the rules. Mm-hmm. Did you write those down? I did not write those down. There are three ways to win. You can either knock them out, make them say Mate, which is uncle, mm-hmm. or knocking them off that platform right. into the sand. Mm-hmm. And, this, and, and this goes back into the how is this so secret? Because there are an awful lot of spectators for such a secret event. Like, <laughs> like you could not have something this secret... Today, because it would be all over Instagram before before the day was out. And I, I just had to laugh, because in the very first fight, these two guys are fighting, Frank and Ray are watching, and someone gets punched in the face, and this tiny little bit of dr- blood <laughs> dribbles out onto the carpet. Yeah, they've got this white platform that they're fighting on, so you can see where all the blood is. This tiny little bit of blood is spilt, and Ray leans over and goes, that's why they call this thing blood sport, kid. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Okay. And then we get Jackson's first fight, Ray Jackson. Mm-hmm. 
First of all, he gets up to fight this guy, and first thing he does is call him an asshole. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I know you're fighting, but... Points for sportsmanship. Yeah. And this is when I realized that Ray Jackson does not have martial arts ability. Mm-hmm. This dude starts kicking him, and Ray Jackson just puts him, pushes him out of the way, puts his hands together, and just clubs this dude down. Yeah. Just I'm like, boom. okay. Boom. Yeah, his first <laughs> knockout was awesome. And that's when he looks at Chung, at Chung, um, Chung Lee and is like, I'm going to kill you. Yeah. And obviously, Chong Lee is not happy. We find out that Because in the crowd's chanting Chong yeah, Lee at this point. Yeah. You know he's the favorite. Yeah, he is the undefeated champion. Last year, he killed a guy by... Or the last last Kumite, he killed a guy by kicking him in the throat. And he just stood there and watched as he died, they say. Yeah, he just stood there and watched. So, um, apparently, there's no rules of, like, sportsmanship or anything in this, because we find this out later on. He but. wins his first fight in less than 15 seconds. Chong Lee wins his first fight by knockout. And it could have been shorter than that. He, he grabs short- this guy by the neck mm-hmm. and waits for the crowd to start chanting for him. Right. And then he knocks him out. And they, of course, like, a new world record! And did, did you like this victory dance he does? Like, he can't get his arms all the way in the air, and he starts hopping around like yeah, a bunny? Yeah, yes. <laughs> That's how I put hopping around like a bunny. Yeah, very nice uh, victory dance. And then it's Duke's turn. Then it's Frank's Duke's turn. And Now, in this first fight, he does not fight with a shirt off. He keeps the complete gi on. Yeah, actually. you're right. He does. He keeps the complete gi on. Um, and this guy loses his first opponent loses by playing dead like like you know at first the guy's like oh i'm gonna kick your ass blah, blah. and then frank just you know bolts him belts him one good time and the guy like is literally like oh please don't hurt me and then he plays dead yeah <laughs> like so yeah that's that's and here's a new world record a new world record one right after the other dukes has already beaten lee's world record and we know that lee has he is now the adversary for this movie because, oh, you broke my record. And, and then I love this next little scene. You see a close-up of the mat, and you see this guy sneaking over to the mat, and he steals someone's tooth yes. that got knocked out on yeah, the mat. Yeah, he steals the tooth. Someone someone lost a gold tooth. And he's like, he, he, he puts it in his mouth and bites it to see if it's real. He's like, oh, dude, can you at least wash that off first? And then you just get a montage of a whole bunch of other fights taking place with everybody else going Mm-hmm. And of course, I love this song, Kumite, Kumite, Kumite. Yeah, yeah that, the, the, the voice, the, the, the guy singing that song, it's all about fighting to, to survive. survive. Another epic fight montage with epic 80s synth music about fighting to survive. The, the voice, the, the, the singer sounded really familiar, but I couldn't figure out who it was. I'm going to have to look that up. So now, back with the agents. Back with the agents, they have found Dukes and want him to come back. They keep saying stuff like you are very important to our military. Now, the, Uncle Sam has spent a lot of money on you and we can't afford you to get hurt. The government won't let you do this. I was like, what the, is he some kind of super soldier? Uh, that's that's what I was expecting. I was expecting something like that. I guess they mix this with Universal Soldier which Jean-Claude played in later. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> maybe, yeah, I guess Universal Soldier was a was a uh, a sequel of, of sorts. <laughs> <laughs> and they pull these huge-ass tasers out. These things are like... Bl- and like they, and they say 50,000 50,000 vo- volts. And Ray just tackles them. <laughs> like, he just assaulted guys like from the, from, the, from the military police, I'm guessing. And he leads them on this cheesiest foot chase I have ever and seen. He's smiling, he's the, smiling whole, the whole time. He he's stops. just fucking with these guys. Yeah, he stops to let them catch up just yeah, to take off just again. Just to take off again. 
until eventually they run across these boats and the and, and, and the agents fall the agents in the water. Fall, and, and they, you know, they have to add the little comedic moment where one of the agents is like, like spitting water out, just and, kind of sitting there, like, damn it. And I'll tell you this: when you see him in the water, that one, Forrest Whitaker, that's not him. Oh, of course, yeah. That's not. Yeah. I, it might not be the other guy, but that one that's Forrest Whitaker doesn't even look like him. Yeah, that was a stunt <laughs> double. <laughs> and now we cut to uh, dinner with Janice. And she really wants to get into the Kumite. That's when they slept together. Because okay. after that, we get this gratuitous shot of Van Damme's ass as he is putting his underwear on. Like, it's, yeah. that's true. Yeah. Um, and then, okay, it's day two of Kumite. They're, they're signing in or they're showing up. Ray <laughs> breaks a brick with his forehead well, for he's some try- reason? He's trying to break the bottom brick first. Oh, okay. He's trying to do that same trick. Uh-huh. It doesn't work. So he just picks up the other brick. And just... <laughs> Which shows you he has a hard head. He has a very hard head. Which comes into play later. So. Comes into play later, yep. Um, and then we find out that Janice has made it into Kumite as some Asian dude's arm candy. She shows up wearing this really nice dress and she's like, Oh, yeah, I had to get in somehow. It's not the first time I've gone undercover for a story, you know. Um, <laughs> this We get a shot of this one guy who's fighting. He's, he, judging from the, the, the writing on his trunks, he's like Middle Eastern. His fighting stance looked like he's riding a bicycle with like really high handlebars. He's just hopping around like this. <laughs> I had to laugh at that so hard. Um, we get another fight with Chong Lee. And this is what I noticed. This guy is huge yes. for an Asian guy. He's built like a tank. Those are when uh, steroids were popular. Yeah, steroids were popular, I'm sure. Um, and he, he breaks this guy's leg. Yes, and his the guy's his his leg his face when his leg gets broken is hilarious because he like goes cross eyed. He's just like ah this big overreaction. But, but it cuts. It shows the bone. It shows the bone sticking out. And the crowd's cheering like they love it. The crowd is cheering. Report and of course Janice is the only one who's like oh that's so terrible. But then she pulls this tape recorder out of her bag in the middle of the fight like way to be inconspicuous like nobody notices it everybody's too happy I guess well, tr- and they're also gambling in one of the most i don't know uh unsecure ways of gambling i yeah, would they're think all just, just like waving like money, money around <laughs> i'm guessing that was money some kind of paper yeah, yeah so they're just like waving money around in their and I, hands and i've seen this in other movies and like all these people will just give one person the money mm-hmm and then you got to rely on them to actually give it back to you if you win. Yeah, you're like, I would you not want to gamble like that. Yeah, that, I wouldn't want to gamble like that, that either. That is taking a gamble just by giving him the money. Mm-hmm. Um, we get another fighting montage. You know, sumo wrestler breaks this little black dude in half, basically. You know, you, and Frank fights this guy with these crazy eyes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he's got crazy, and he just knocks him off the ring pretty mm-hmm. quickly. But. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the big sumo wrestler guy tries to do the same thing to Dukes, but he gets headbutted to death, basically. And then he does this thing. Oh, he kicks into a split. He kicks into a split, yep. And punches him in the balls. In slow motion. Before he did that, he punched him in the stomach. Okay, punched him in the stomach. And it had the same effect as the bottom brick. Right. So the way it looks, it hits on the outside, not causing much damage. But it makes you look underneath what's going on with those organs back there. Oh, okay. Because it kind of looked like the brick shot. But he takes a few steps back, and then he comes right back. And then right. you get the slow motion ball shot. Right. And uh, his face during that, fl- that, during that slow motion shot is great. Um, so now he's winning, and now people are cheering for Dukes. And Chong Lee is obviously not happy. Which is then when we get our first big fight between Chong Lee and Ray Jackson. So you know automatically this is not going to end well because Ray Jackson is way too 
cocky. Yes. Um, he he. He, we, he, he starts to just wailing on Chong Lee. Yeah. He gets like one big club on him. Mm-hmm. Chong Lee goes down. He starts jumping around. I got him. He's yeah, dead. I He's got him. Dead. He's down. It's like, you fucking idiot. And, and then starts chanting his own name. Jackson. Mm-hmm. Jackson. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, Chong Lee gets back up and just starts wailing on Jackson. And um, then stomps his head. Stomps his head. should have probably killed him the way he mm-hmm. stomped it, but... We As we, we saw with we the brick he has scene, a hard head. <laughs> he's got a hard head. So, but he takes his headband off yeah. and shows it to Frank. Puts yeah, he, take, yeah, he takes it off like a, like a trophy. Because oh yeah, he, um, Ray Jackson had a had a Harley Davidson headband that he wore whenever he fought. And <laughs> there's this there's this long like shot of of of, um, of Dukes going like no or stop, <laughs> you know, holding his arm, holding yeah. his hand out. So this guy he beats all these people. He beats all these agents in the thing. He's mm-hmm. taking on these police officers, whatever. But yet, this little guy, Mister Lincoln, hold him back right here because yeah. he acts like he's trying with all his might to get free, but right. can't get out. Right. So now we have set up our real conflict for the movie. We know that Chong Lee is the bad guy. He's just cocky. He's arrogant. He will do whatever he has to to win. Now Ray isn't hurt. He Ray isn't dead. He is just hurt very badly. He's in a hospital. We don't know if he's sleeping. We don't know if he's sleeping or in a coma. Um, They say he'll be out in a week, though, so... Yeah, definitely. Totally. With that that kind of head trauma, yeah, he'll be out This is where you get your romance angle, because Janice doesn't want Frank to fight Chong Lee. Right, she's not happy that Frank wants to take out Chong Lee. She goes to the police to try to shut down Kumite. And then we get another montage. montage. It's not a training montage, but uh, Frank is like wandering hong kong and is hallucinating chong lee he like yeah he like sees him in a reflection like, in a window and then turns and he's not there yeah he's got, he's got memories of jackson getting hurt in the ring mm-hmm. arguing which we with just, janice which we just saw like five minutes ago we don't arguing with janice again. which yeah. was even more even, recent even more recent and then that's when he sees chong lee in the window mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden he's on a mountain yeah on the side of a mountain like some kind of mountainside temple or something pensively staring out over hong kong thinking about tanaka yeah thinking about his old sensei meditating on a mountainside again doing splits oh that one's on top of a building you can tell when he does the split he's on top of an actual building well it looked like it might have been the same place because it was like some kind of balcony of a of a a temple of some kind yeah Uh, apparently he's been there all night yeah and i have right here is this the number four split And now we have the final day of Kumite. He is walking down the creepy alleys again. And, uh uh-oh, the cops have shown up to arrest Frank so he can't fight. They're not there to shut down Kumite. They're there just to keep him from fighting. And he nonchalantly beats up all the cops. As he's walking down, every doorway has a cop. And he just, boom, knocks him. Boom. It's easy. It's all, he's like James Bond. But he couldn't get away from the tiny guy holding him back and... Yeah, a minute ago, could not get away from the tiny guy holding him back. What was his name again? Lynn. Lynn. Mr. Lynn. Mr. Lynn. Um, So then they agree to just meet at the airport the next morning. They're going to let him fight. They realize it's not worth it. Yeah, it's not worth it. Like, we're just going to sit here and watch you fight. And there's this great moment where they're like, oh, he's not here yet. He's late. We're going to have to start the... He's going to be disqualified. And some random Asian guy walks walks up to one of the referees or whatever, and he's like... Too late? There's no such thing as too late. And like puts this big wad of money in the guy's... And right then Frank comes in and he takes it right back out. He takes it right back out. It's like, oh, nope, that was just a joke. He's Um, here. Not worth it. So now we're... Okay, 
Back to fighting. Chong Lee kills a guy for no reason, and it's obvious that the judges don't. Well, approve. first of all, Frank fights first. Yeah, Frank fights because he gets he takes his first knockdown in this fight. Right, this is the first time anything. But then they get up, they trade kicks for a little bit. He wins because I love it because after he wins, he does one of his awesome yeah yeah one of those great slow motion roars. Um, and then after that, Chong Lee in his fight, he kills a guy for no reason. It is obvious that nobody approves because, like, nobody's. He's, no, he's, they're they're cheering. Yeah, the crowd is cheering. But once once the once the like the referee guy checks him and doesn't find a pulse yeah. and he's like shaking his head. That's when everybody stops and he's just, and and Chong Lee's just like, still, he like makes the ref raise his hand. Yeah, the crowd's still chanting at this point. I mm-hmm. made that note. It's when the council or the judges, whoever, get up and they, and they turn they, they their turn back. they turn their backs. That's when everybody stops. So I'm like, apparently, you know, murder is okay. Like, just, you know, killing someone for no reason. It's not enough just to knock them out. You can kill them and, and nobody cares. I mean, he, they, he, he knocked the guy out. He picks him up mm-hmm. and just snaps his neck for, because he wants to. Yeah, just because he wants to. For a minute, I thought he was going to get disqualified or something. And that would have been a very interesting twist for this right. movie. But, but they also happen. said he killed a guy in the last Kumite. Now, it was a kick to the throat. Yeah, so a maybe... kick to the throat could have been an accidental death, just like people have accidentally died in boxing matches and stuff like that. But the way he, they said he just stood there and watched him as he died mm-hmm. makes me think it wasn't. Well, like, like what could you do if you kick someone in the throat and, and killed them that way? You couldn't really do anything but about you... it. But he, he, like, literally, this guy was unconscious, and he literally snaps his, his neck. neck. Yes. That was, that was sadistic. That was flat out murder this that is was... where we get our next chong lee line because he looks at frank while everybody's being quiet and turn their back and tells him you are next yeah yeah next yeah um so final showdown frank versus chong chong puts and before it starts he puts some kind of a pill down his shorts i'm like what the hell are you supposed to do yeah, with that? some kind of like salt tablet yeah, or powder i don't know and um he is obviously trying to piss off third line third line you got the line? I've got the line. Okay. Like, you break my record, now I break you. <laughs> like I break your friend. Like I break your friend. Yep. Yeah, I couldn't miss that last part. Um, and so, then this is where the fight actually starts. Mm-hmm. He starts beating Chong Lee. Right. Frank's doing good. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, what does he do? He, he has to crush this tablet. Yeah, he takes this tiny little tablet. It's like the size of a Tylenol or something. And grinds it up in his fingers and throws it in Dukes' eyes. And that that one little pill made a lot of dust. And now, oh no, Dukes is blind. He can't see. And But is he blind? Because you're getting looks in the crowd. It's just very blurry. Very, very blurry, yeah. So it's not so, true blind. So truly blind. And we're just sitting there waiting for Frank to remember his blindfold training. Which, and, but at this point, Chong Lee starts hitting Frank. Mm-hmm. And he starts doing that weird celebration this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this time, he adds a squealing noise with it. Yeah. <laughs> so I was laughing at that. Yes. There, there were a lot of noises I noticed while they were fighting that I think was supposed to be Chong Lee's ADR. He was just like... <laughs> like, not even... Not even supposed to be like... That voice just doesn't fit that body. But then, like you said, he remembers his training. Mm-hmm. And we get... This is literally the most epic Jean-Claude Van Damme moment in any of his movies, this mm-hmm. yell right here. Mm-hmm. When he really... Yeah! yeah. It's more with a slow-motion screaming face. Now he's remembered his training. Um, and, and and this is... Okay, another thing. Like, is that allowed? Is that not in the rules somewhere? Chong Lee takes the referee and throws him at, at Dukes. I mean, apparently there are no rules. They're... Mm-hmm. They look down on you if you kill someone. Yeah, but, but like during the, the actual fighting, like I, yeah, he throws. What's him the point of having one? Like if I like let the referee like step out of the ring or something while they're fighting. And then we get 
Frank kicking Chong Lee in the face. Mm-hmm. And I guess it's supposed to be multiple kicks, but mm-hmm. it is the same shot. Multiple kicking, times. Yep. Kicking. Mm-hmm. Same kick to the face. And finally Chong Lee goes down. Yeah. So and then he gets he gets Chong Lee to say Matei. Yeah. Say Matei. The fourth and final line by Chong Lee. Fourth and final Matei. Yeah. I'm not even sure I'd call that a line. So Dukes <laughs> wins. No big surprise here. We were expecting this. And for some reason, they give him a sword, sword. for winning. Like a katana, another katana another sword? Another katana? Like, there was no sword fighting anywhere in this movie. Why is this sword? Like, shouldn't they give him, like, a pair of golden, like... It just goes back to the, I guess, the Shidoshi mm-hmm. won that sword that they were going to steal mm-hmm. from this tournament years right. ago, maybe? Right. So, um, after that, we are at the airport, and the cops are... Standing no, there. before we're at the airport, okay. we're back in the hospital. Oh, Ray right, Jackson's right, right. awake. Ray Jackson's awake and he's, he's already drinking, drinking beer. beer in the hospital. <laughs> in the hospital mm-hmm. bed. Yep. And that's when Frank says, hey, try to keep your clothes on next time you fight and gives him his headband back. Yeah, gives him his headband back. So now um, the cops are waiting at the airport and they're like... And they're annoyed. At, they're annoyed. They're there. like, he's not here. He ditched us. He li-. And then suddenly, oh, wait, no, he's already on the plane. He's on the plane before us. It's like, hey, guys, are you coming or something? And then um, this is where we get all our facts about Frank Duke. Right. And like a lot of these world records they mentioned at the end, are any of these actually real? Like it mentions what what is it the well, well you go read through them and I'll Okay. Uh, First it says that Frank fought three hundred and twenty nine matches retiring undefeated from seventy five to nineteen eighty. So for five years. Yes. Undefeated. Three hundred and twenty nine matches never lost, yes. So. Right. And that he holds four rural little world records. World record rural records. <laughs> World yeah. records. That's a hard yes. one to say. Yes. Uh, fastest KO in 3.2 seconds. Mm-hmm. Fastest punch with a KO in 0.12 seconds. Fastest kick that resulted in KO, 72 miles per hour. And most consecutive KOs in tourney at 56. 56 so, KOs in one tournament. tournament. So, okay, so, okay, well, it was that knockout kick that made me go... How the hell did they measure that? How do you measure a knockout kick in miles per hour? Like, do they have the radar yeah, gun? Yeah, they have a they... radar gun trained on his foot or something. <laughs> so this brings us to the unfortunate news that this movie is not really biographical. Apparently, it is based on a true story that's not really true. Because in it, Frank Dukes goes AWOL from the army to compete in a secret underground martial arts fighting tournament which is all things that he claimed to do, but his version of the fight was not what really happened. Apparently there is something called Kumite, some kind of an underground fight like that, but it's not what he described. It was supposed to be like one person versus a hundred or something. And oh, okay. whoever see did, that. Did, did you did you watch the clip that you sent me? You that you tagged me in? I don't think I did. I looked through the article, but Okay, I... well yeah, I, I actually listened to the watched the watch the clip and um Apparently this guy was full of shit. Because, I, I mean, I've known this for a while. I've heard about this. Because he used to have this friend that backed up everything he said. Mm-hmm. And then they had a falling out. And this friend came out and said, no, he coached me what to say. It was all bullshit. Um, yeah. Uh, apparently. But they... I saw some quotes from Black Belt Magazine saying this was legit. So everything's conflicting everything's in this. Everything's conflicting. Like, but I'm I'm tending to think. Okay. In that video, they said he said he had this trophy that he won. As for for uh, for competing in Kumite, and 
a guy who ran a trophy shop in California I heard about that. was yes. like, yeah, I made that for him. <laughs> that wasn't real. He did And it was like last year, not yeah, back, and it, way back then. <laughs> yeah, and he did serve in the Marines, but he never served in Southeast Asia like he claimed to. <laughs> so like in the video, they're talking basically talking about how this guy's resume sounds like a 10-year-old boy's fantasy that he was a, a secret agent, spy, martial arts master, you know, like sounds sounds like James Bond almost. Right. <laughs> like just does not sound real enough. But all in all, this movie is what I would classify as good shit. <laughs> good shit. Good shit. That movie was good shit. It was utterly ridiculous, laughable in so many ways, but still just a lot of fun. Yeah, see, I I, I, I prefer the term uh, good 80s popcorn movie good 80s popcorn movie that's perfect you know it's you this 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 movie is just so ironic in so many ways i would have loved to have been able to see it through 1988 eyes for the first time because like i'm sure like oh nothing like this has been done before because yeah as i was telling you earlier this movie is the movie that inspired mortal Kombat. yes i did not know that that is hilarious um which oh we can talk about those movies later. Yeah. <laughs> I did see the first one in like a made-for-TV version. And I'm like, wow. I didn't oh, realize this oh one. no. The first one? Mm-hmm. I saw Friday. Mm-hmm. I saw Saturday. I saw Sunday. You saw the first Mortal Kombat movie three times in one weekend. Every The day it came out that and each day that weekend. <laughs> now, the second one, not so much. But that first one, I was all about it. Damn, I'm trying to think of any time I have done that to a movie. Probably that's never. the only time I've done Probably it. Never. Yes, that's the only time I've done it. Um, so wow. <laughs> <laughs> good job, Mortal Kombat. Yeah, good job, Mortal Kombat. Uh, again, talking about video game movies. How many video game based movies have actually been any good? And I can't think of a single one. Um, but those are some that we can probably talk about later. But that was Bloodsport. So I would say, yeah, this this movie. I mean, we haven't really come up with a rating system. We need to do that. Like, like how would you know? Just find a way to to rate this movie. Maybe not even a number system. I will give this movie a good shit stamp of approval. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we need. We need like a we need like a different stamp uh, system or something. But that has been episode four of Cinematic Blind Spots. We are greatly enjoying making these episodes we hope you enjoy listening to them it's just fun to sit around and shoot the breeze and talk about movies especially movies that we have not seen before i'm sure a lot of people have seen this movie that's just i'm not one of them so until next time i am adam and i'm josh and whether you're in the theater or in your car be sure to always check your blind spots